ComC.com is your home for buying, selling, and flipping all the hottest trading cards. Their consignment marketplace is home to over 24 million cards across all sports, genres, and eras. With a ComC.com account, you can purchase cards from different sellers over time and ship them home together later, or immediately reprice them for sale on the ComC marketplace. To better serve the hobby, ComC recently made changes to streamline their services and improve turnaround. They even opened a new building. To learn more about the exciting changes being made at ComC, please visit blog.comc.com. You're listening to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute, a podcast where we discuss both the hobby and business sides of collecting. I'm your host, Mike Summer, and I want to help you buy, sell, and trade your way into a collection you'll love. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute. It has been a wet weekend here in central Illinois, and there's more rain scheduled for this coming week. And while it was dry before, we're way too wet now, and I wish I could send a little bit of this rain out west where they're having some dry spells. But regardless, I am here recording this intro for the conversation that I'm about to have with Tim Getch, the CEO of ComC. Now, a couple months ago, Tim went on Jeremy Lee's Sports Card Live YouTube show and had a great interview talking about the last year, kind of setting the stage for what issues led to the current backlog of, of submissions and the current backlog of shipping that ComC is facing. And I want to point you to go check out that conversation with Jeremy if you want to understand more about what led to the situation that they're facing today. But also in that conversation, Tim laid out several things that were underway and in progress that would hopefully start to make a dent in resolving those issues. And that's what I wanted to focus on more in this conversation with Tim. We're not going to talk as much on the past and what led to the issues. We're going to talk more about how is the implementation of those new things going and is it making a difference and when can we start to expect to see some improvement in those times. So that's what I think you're going to get a little bit more of. But afterwards, I would still love to hear what you think about that. Before I start the interview, I want to make sure to tell you about Underdog Collectibles, the online shop run by collectors for collectors. They break new product every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday night, but they also have a new brick-and-mortar location in Knoxville near the University of Tennessee campus. And so you can both check them out online at udogcollect.com and check them out in their store. Whichever way you go check them out, make sure you tell them that Wax Pack Hero sent you. Tim, welcome to the show. I'm glad to be here. It's been a couple of years since we last got to talk at the 2019 Nationals, so I'm glad we get a chance to talk here again. Yeah, that's the last time we got a, got to be at a National at all. So yeah, that was a fond memory. So hey, it's been quite a year this last year and a half, huh? <laughs> There's been a little bit going on. Yes, it is not something that was predicted. Yes. Yeah. Well, we know that there's been some challenges within the industry. The industry as a whole has been growing. Many of the big players in the industry have dealt with um, some challenges of that growth and things that have gone along with that growth. And, and ComC is, is not, um, di didn't escape those challenges. And so I know there's been a lot of conversation about that. You, a couple months ago, went on 
um, Jeremy Lee's uh, show and laid out a lot of the, the groundwork on kind of why did ComC face these issues, what happened that led to some of the things that we've seen. And, and I would point people to go back and see Jeremy's interview for that. But today I wanted to talk a little bit about kind of some of the ideas that have been put in place since then that are going to kind of right the ship and that are getting yeah. things back to where we want them. And so are you up for a little bit of conversation about that today? I'd love to. I'd love to. All right. Maybe we can start by just a high level overview of some of those key challenges that you guys have faced in the last year. Yeah. So when... Um, Everything went into lockdown a little over a year ago. Uh, we also had to shrink and uh, couldn't do as much as we normally would. And then uh, as the last dance came out and everything exploded with trading cards and then as basketball picked up again in the summer, like our demand was skyrocketing, but our ability to actually have people do work was handicapped. And so we fell very far behind. Uh, last, uh, basically last fall, we had nearly a million item backlog and in shipping, and we knew that we needed to increase our capacity. But every time we would hire more people, the demand would grow right with it. And we were consistently adding more and more people all the way up through January. And even in February, we had a huge push. Unfortunately, at the same time that we were trying to grow our capacity, our buildings ran out of space. And we knew that they were about to run out of space and we had been working on uh, some other opportunities to move the company. Long story short, one opportunity fell through, another opportunity came up. We finally got to get into that building in March, but we had been planning on getting into it in February. And we had in February, more than 50 people join the company and really tried hard to get stuff uh, started through our pipeline and then we ran into a traffic jam where all these items that were getting ready to go out the door all came into one final assembly room. And it basically short version resulted in a lot of orders, more than a thousand orders, probably a few thousand orders effectively getting shuffled. And uh, we are actually still putting the pieces together for some of those orders. So there are a number of customers that placed orders in January and February that uh, most of them have gotten the orders by now, but there's still a few left that uh, we're, we're cleaning those up, figuring out what happened. Um, and in the meantime, we have expanded to our new building. We have it continued to hire more people. We have put in a number of practices to help prevent anything like that from happening again, as well as if any mix-ups happen, making it easier for the team to figure out what happened and, and get the, the order corrected and get the, the right orders out. 
So um, yeah, the, that's the very quick kind of traffic jam that happened in, in January, kind of a combination of us growing super fast, needing to expand to a new building, the market uh, demand peaking, um, just all at the same time. Just to give kind of some sense of a comparison, yeah, that growth was something that was really unexpected from, from mm-hmm. what it sounds like. When yeah. we talked in 2019, yeah. there were about four and a half million different cards on ComC with about 25 million individual cards yeah. in that inventory. Yeah. Yeah. And did I hear correctly that there's now over a hundred million individual cards that are being housed? <laughs> Or did I, did I mishear that? We are about to hit our hundred millionth card consigned. So a bunch have been sold. So we don't have all of those in our, our warehouse, but we're about to cross a hundred million items consigned. Um, There's around 25 million cards actively for sale. Okay. Over the past uh, year, yes, almost two years since we talked. Uh, we've actually seen a huge spike in cards selling and us not being able to keep up putting new stuff on the site. So it's, I think we were probably at like 23, 24 million, and maybe now we're at like 25, 26 million. So it's grown a little bit, but not as fast as we would love it to grow. Just people are buying stuff too fast. So that, that hundred million and the hundred million skews is yeah. because those cards that have already been sold and shipped over the over yeah. the years are, still have those individual SKUs. Yeah, so so we everything gets a unique scan, and so those SKUs are not reused. Okay, and we've had um, I, I'd have to go find out the exact number, but there's a bunch of items that came from customers, and then there's a bunch that came from Upper Deck. Sure, uh, through the EPAC service. So the combination of the two of those is uh, just about to cross a hundred million. Okay, very and, cool. And there, so there is a number of cards that either have been a part of the EPAC program that have not sold yet, or they're still on the EPAC system. And there's also items that people have consigned and they never put up for sale. Uh, maybe they uh, sent us five copies and they only put one up for sale. Some people bought cards and then they're still holding on to them and deciding whether they want to have them shipped or put them up for sale. So there's a, there's a, probably a good, I don't know, five, 10 million cards that are in people's accounts that they just haven't put them up for sale. Okay. But the 25 million is actively for sale on the site. In the conversation with Jeremy, there's a, a few categories of of things that are going to be put in place or that you've been putting in place to try to address some of these issues. There's, there's things related to hiring, there's things related to your new facility, and there's also some things related to technology that, that hopefully will, will make things better. And so I'm hoping that maybe we can, we can touch on that. You had mentioned that the company at at that point had grown from about a hundred to 250 people Mm -hmm. and more hiring was underway. So where are we at from a hiring perspective, from shipping, customer service, processing? How's things going from from a staffing perspective? We, so every Tuesday I do an orientation and um, we've been doing that now for uh, like a month and a half. This uh, new, we used to have people start kind of a variety of different days of the week. And now we've said, you know what, this is just too much 
we need to have everybody start one day a week so we can have a nice coordinated orientation. And um, so for the last month and a half, we've been hiring, at, I think one week we only had four people, we target five, but this week we had, uh, actually today, we had seven people. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we had 11. Um, usually we're, or we've been probably around an average of six or seven people joining the company each week. Most of them are in shipping, even if they're joining the company to eventually do um, some of the listing work, some card specialists, usually they end up helping our, our shipping team first, and then they'll go help. And even we've hired a number of people in customer service, some of them local, where they're actually helping out get orders out the door and then they may transfer to customer service uh, or do more like email and stuff like that after we get things settled down a little bit more. So we've been putting a good five people a week on uh, just the fulfillment side. And where does that stand as far as what you're hoping to be at by the end of the year? Where, where does that staffing, do you, do you expect yeah. that hiring to continue throughout the year? I've told the team to prepare for five people a week for, through the rest of the year, which should result in us being around 400 employees. Now, if we make some technological breakthrough and we can do a bunch more with fewer people, we'll probably do that. But uh, the like, in order for us to keep up with the demand that we're seeing, we basically need to hire and train a team of that size in order to keep up with demand. So I would not be surprised if we're at 400 people by the end of the year. All right. So the, the team is growing. Mm -hmm. You had mentioned earlier that last fall, the backlog for shipping had reached almost a, a million cards. Yeah. And we've seen some updates along mm -hmm. the way that progress was, was starting to be made with that. The, yeah. the people are um, on site mm -hmm. and, a few weeks ago, record numbers of cards were uh, and orders were, were being shipped. Where does that backlog stand today? Uh, so we are uh, probably, so the last fall we were at a million, we actually got over that. And now we're back down to right around a million. So our peak was probably in like March uh, we probably had 1.2, 1.3 million, and now we're back down to around a million. And um, the team is, there's ebbs and flows because we'll, there's a pipeline that things have to get through in order to go out the door. And we had a bunch of stuff that was getting close to going out the door. And then we had a bunch of people help get it the last, over the last step. And that's when we were able to hit that that record number of orders shipped in a week. Uh, we are there's a chance this week that we're going to ship a record number of items. So back then, a couple of weeks ago, when we made that announcement, we had a ton of rushed small orders that needed to go out the door. And so now we're on top of the rushed orders a lot more than we were. There's still improvements to make, but we're better than we were before on the rushed. And we're starting to work on our economy backlog. The economy orders tend to be much larger. And so we're getting not as many orders out, 
but instead of it being a 10 card order, we're shipping a hundred card order. Sure. And so um, this week we're kind of, because of all that we've been building up for the last couple of weeks, there's a good chance that the team this week will set a record for uh, the most items shipped in a week. In that interview, you discussed the potential for providing kind of a status for us to monitor where the, the backlog yeah. was at and um, that whether that's via a blog or, you know, yeah. some other location on the website. Um, we were getting a couple of those um, tweets or um, Facebook posts kind of announcing the, the progress or the, the, what had been done, but we haven't really seen that site yet. Is that something that's still in the works? Uh, so I think customer service is going to put something together on the blog, but the feature that the tech team has been working on, we're just polishing off this week. And I'm actually hopeful that it's going to be just around the corner and in the next day or two, it will allow you to go look at any of your pending orders. And instead of seeing our estimated ship date of whatever we thought when you placed the order, it will give you a live estimate based on the number of cards that are in the backlog that are ahead of you and the pace that we're working through the backlog. Uh, so that uh, right now that feature is in testing. Uh, our development team is just polishing off the, the uh, look and feel of that feature. You'll get like a status of your order has been placed, your, we're packaging your order, um, or I should say we're retrieving your items or picking your items, uh, we're packaging your order and then finally your order has been shipped. So there'll be like four different states of your order, you'll get to see where your order is, and then also uh, get an updated live estimate. And then as the our team gets faster and faster, that estimate will continue to adjust. Okay. So it is, it is still in progress. It isn't, it is still coming. That's, yeah. that's what I want to make sure that uh, yeah. everybody hears, right? Yeah. 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 And well, maybe by the time this is live, it will have already been posted. So take a look at the blog and maybe there'll be an announcement there for you. All right. So let's talk a little bit about the new facility. A couple months ago, you were in the process of getting inventory moved over. It sounded like you were able to move around 250,000 cards a day. But with the number of cards that we just talked about you having, that can take a little bit. What's the status of the move to the new facility? So we are uh, currently moving about two truckloads a day between the two facilities. And we finished moving things out of our headquarters. I should say there's still some stuff in our headquarters, but there's no plans. The, the, the main stuff that we were planning on moving out of the headquarters has been moved out. We're down to our main facility that we used to store everything in. That is uh, in process and will take another, we should be done for sure in two months, maybe a little bit faster, uh, but there's about two more months left in that move. And as more and more inventory gets housed in the same facility, I assume that helps with the yeah. efficiency and the, the process of getting those orders picked and shipped? Absolutely. It's not just the um, efficiency. There's a bunch of complications when we have to schedule enough people in both of the buildings. You can end up with one building ahead of the other. We have to make sure that things are securely packaged to be moved 
so that we can consolidate them in our new facility, which is where we're doing all of the packaging. And so the final stages happen all in our new facility. So it'll be much simpler once we have everything under one roof. Um, for example, with our express orders, we're shipping generally uh, on average about 80% of the orders the day they're, or I should say the day after they're placed within 24 hours of the order being placed. Uh, I think we'll be able to consistently hit 100% when we have everything in one building stuff like that we'll just be able to more consistently have faster times and won't have to have all the complexity of juggling resources how are things looking from a processing perspective for submissions yeah we had to take some of our resources from the processing or the listing side in order to help out with the shipping and actually we've hired enough people that we were able to send those people back this past week so just recently, they've gone back to our headquarters to continue helping with the processing listing side, making sure that we stay on top of things there. Generally, our fast services, um, things that like our elite service, our auction service, and our select service, we've had very fast times. There, we're usually ahead of schedule on those. Uh, and then we have caught up on our older services. I think there's maybe only a few straggler items that we need to finish up in the older services, but the the big bulky 16-week um, uh, standard service is the one that we're now tackling. Uh, nothing is past due yet, but uh, that's where the bulk of the submissions are. And because we've put more resources back on that team and uh, we've continued hiring people in the Redmond um, headquarters, we expect to see that continue to increase a lot more stuff going on the site faster. One of the other items that was talked about was this new uh, machine, this new technology that was going to be um, assisting with with some efficiency. Yeah. At that time, it was in route to you guys, and you yeah. were working on on what was what it was going to take to get that up and running. Where are things at with this new yeah. piece of equipment? Uh, it is fully functional. In fact, we've ordered a second one. Uh, so we have this machine helps us separate the items into individual orders. So we'll do batch picking. Uh, we may pick for uh, like today. Um, we, for just our rushed orders, probably had over a thousand, maybe even close to 2000 orders that we needed to pick. We'll go retrieve all of those items at the same time. And then we'll send them through this machine that will separate them into individual orders. And then we'll have to do the final uh, packaging of those orders. And so it, it's in uh, production, it's being used, it's been used pretty much for the last month. Um, there's definitely opportunities for us to make it easier for the team that's using the new machine. And uh, so it's not like we're totally done, but it's like, unless your order went through express, because with express orders, we bypass the machine and just get the order shipped right away. Uh, almost everything is going through the machine. 
there are some very large orders that will bypass the machine as well. Like uh, someone recently placed a, a 5,000 card order. We might go grab that order and bypass the machine and just do that one order as a one-off. But it is, it is helping as you thought it would help. I mean, it must be if you're ordering a, a second one. Yeah. So uh, it, the thing that this does is eliminate a lot of the human error or it reduce the potential for the human error. And with, I mentioned all the hiring that we were doing earlier in the year, we had a lot of manual processes and those processes worked well for us when we were growing by 10, 20, 30%. I, generally our, our team only had a few new people that would join our fulfillment team in a given quarter or in a given year and they could become very proficient at this manual task. Well, we in the last year, we've had to grow so fast that in many cases, 90% of a team is brand new within the last year. So they don't have that experience to go on. So we need, a, we need something that's uh, less prone to a learning curve, something that you can just Get, be proficient at much more quickly. And that's what this machine does is it allows us to get things to the, to the right orders without us having to fix up a whole, whole bunch of stuff from people just making um, manual human errors. Uh, and the capacity of the machine, for example, this week I mentioned, we're probably going to set a record for the most items shipped in a week. That's because this machine all week we expect to run at full capacity. Um, we are expecting around the end of the year that running the machine at full capacity won't keep up with demand. So we're, we've ordered a second machine and we expect that to be live around the time of Black Friday. So going into December, we'll have two of these machines and we'll be able to do double of this record setting capacity that we're doing this week. Uh, so hopefully that can keep up with the demand or and hopefully not. And maybe I need to order a third one. One of the other things that has been done is some changes to services and changes to some processes, right? There was an adjustment for the Le the different types of submission levels, right? Mm -hmm. and, and streamline some of that. There was a change to some of the options for um, shipping yep. and yep. getting card shipped back to you. And I believe there was also some changes to what types of cards you were accepting to run through the eBay auction process as well. Mm -hmm. have, have you started to see benefits come from some of those changes that were intended to streamline things nah. and make it flow smoother? Absolutely. So I'll focus on the shipping side. We had a number of different shipping levels. We had express, priority, um, economy. We had some EPAC services. Uh, there is um, uh, economy rushed, just a lot of different services that we were trying to keep up with. And now we've simplified to three different scenarios. One of them we call same day. That includes anything that's express as well as any eBay auctions. Um, so any website, EPAC, ComC, eBay, any express orders or any eBay auction, we have one track. 
we have a team that just focuses on getting those same day orders through the system as quickly as we can. And then we have our rushed orders and we have our economy orders. And so we have uh, a daily um, batch of rushed orders that the team is working on. And so this daily cadence, and we've, we've gotten it down to right now, we're expecting rushed orders to be all the way through our system in a week. Uh, and we'll continue to improve that throughout the year. Uh, we are quoting people two weeks on that, but most orders are getting through the system in a week. And then um, we have our economy backlog. And so we're just working that through the economy in the order that those requests came in. And so we don't have all the complexity. It's just those three different services. We have a small team that does the, the most high priority stuff. We have really everybody working on the rush stuff and but rushed uh, our capacity is much greater than what we have for rush and then we go back to doing as much economy as we can and every day we do as much we, we try to get the rush as far along as we can through all the different stages so that it, without having so many different service levels it's allowed our team to really follow a nice cadence and uh, allow us to provide better services uh, and there's still a lot of issues for us to clean up and and uh, make better, but now we can see those things that need to be improved and it's not just a blur through all the different service levels. Similar thing on the processing side, uh, just making there be only a few different service levels that we need to look at and have the team follow that cadence, which allows us for those higher, when you're paying a premium, we wanna be able to give you a premium service and not get distracted with so many other options. Yeah, I think that's great. And even from, from our perspective as customers and submitters, there was a period of time there with those different submission levels that it got confusing. It's like, what, what's this one? What do I need to put these cards into? Or, you know, you're trying to submit four or five different batches to, to comply with that. So streamlining that for us as people submitting is, is great as well. Yeah. At one point you had um, indicated that the goal or the hope was that we'd be back to kind of providing service levels as you would intend or as you would want by the end of the year or so that, that things would be kind of quote, quote unquote back to normal yeah. by the end of the year. Any update on kind of what you're seeing from, from that as a, as a goal or an objective? Uh, that is still the goal. Uh, we are expecting that by our goal internally is that by the national, everything that we're quoting to people, we're honoring. Right now, we're behind. There's economy quotes that are off. There's rushed orders that have fallen behind. So we're getting all of those things cleaned up. We're also working on our, our customer service backlog. So we're like our goal first, we're focused on the national getting a uh, quick turnaround on both customer service and all of our other processing services, whatever we're quoting, you can expect us to honor that. And then we're gonna try to improve those services through the end of the year. And so by the time we get to December, we wanna see much faster shipping than what we're offering now. But all along the way, we're gonna try to under promise and over deliver and on both the listing side and the processing side. And like I said, we're, our goal is to hire uh, as many as 400 people or get, grow the team to as many as 400 people by the end of the year. And assuming they can keep up with the demand, 
we're going to adjust our services accordingly. Now, as, as a leader in, in my organization, the teams that I was leading, there was, there was from time to time things that didn't go well, right? Mm -hmm. Things that didn't go as expected. And instead of me dwelling on those mistakes, instead of me dwelling on those, those things that didn't go according to plan, I would try to make a focus on learning from that mistake and helping the team learn from that mistake so that we could hopefully not repeat those same mistakes. And so I was curious from your perspective as a leader, mm -hmm. what were some of the things that you've learned over this last year that are going to hopefully be able to, the, you and the team learning from those mistakes so that ComC is in a stronger place going forward into the future? Yeah, one of the things that we're able to do with our, for example, our shipping team is uh, divide the responsibilities among several managers. Going into um, last year in 2020, 2019, 2020, we had just a fulfillment team. And with the tremendous growth that we saw, it was, we had to keep our eyes on too many things. And so now we've, uh, we have specific managers that have very specific focuses. And we recognize that there are conflicting uh, goals. For example, sometimes we just need to get a ton of stuff. We need to increase our volume and get a bunch of stuff out the door. But then you have really expensive items and you need to be super careful with those. And then there's um, things that get uh, escalated because of customer service and you need to just take as much time as it takes to get those orders out the door. So rather than having a manager try to juggle, well, wait a sec, which is really the most important? Do I put my resources on that customer service high priority ticket? Do I put them on getting the expensive items out the door or do we just try to get as many orders out the door as possible? Well, now we have separate teams with separate resources. They have separate missions and the, each team is operating according to their mission. So uh, we'll then on a higher level, simply allocate enough resources so that each of those missions have enough people to, to achieve their objective. And so that, that's a, a great example of something that we, I grew, we, we outgrew our old systems and this allows our managers to really keep an eye out for those things that are coming and be more proactive um, yeah, so th that's just one example of something that we've learned and, and should set us up for much more success uh, as we continue to scale the company. Thanks for sharing that. You know, it's been a, a challenging year. We've talked a lot about some of those challenges and what you're currently working towards to, to overcome those. My last question kind of on this whole topic is what excites you about the rest of the year? Well, this past year, there's the, the industry has been so dynamic. So much stuff has happened. And really, ComC is intended to help people enjoy the hobby. And because so much of that stuff is happening so fast, some things are not as enjoyable. Like It's just not easy to keep up with everything. So I'm hopeful that as ComC comes up to speed and can consistently offer high quality service, timely, predictable, that it's going to be more enjoyable for all of us. It's going to be more enjoyable for our customers. It's going to be more enjoyable for our employees. 
And honestly, I know there's a myself and a number of ComC employees that have had to put our collecting on the back burner. We haven't been able to enjoy the hobby because we're just putting in as many hours as possible burning the midnight oil to try to get as much stuff out the door. So we're looking forward to, for example, uh, bringing back employee discounts and allowing employees to really engage and get excited right now. It's just like, hey, we got to do customer highest priority stuff right now. But so those are some things I think we're going to all not only ComC employees, but all the ComC customers are just going to enjoy the hobby more because ComC is going to be providing a consistent high quality service. One of those things that brings a lot of collectors joy is the national and it is going to be on this year uh, in Chicago. And from my understanding, ComC is going to be there. Anything from a high level that you can share about what ComC's plans are for the national? Yeah, we are trying some new things this year. If you've been to our booth before, we're going to shake it up a little bit. We will be doing some standard things that we've always done, like accepting submissions. So you will be able to drop stuff off with us. But we're going to have a, a large presence there from our customer service team. So you'll get to meet some people in person that may have been sending uh, responses to your emails. Uh, we're also going to be doing a bunch of giveaways. Uh, there may be some surprise guests at our booth. So you'll want to keep an eye out for uh, how ComC announces all these different promotions and stuff. So a bunch of stuff I can't share, but uh, we are going to do some things different than we have in the past, but we will uh, as always be there to answer your questions. I'm going to be available to, to chat with uh, people that want some time with me. I'm sure there will be a handful. I, uh, and we welcome all criticism, constructive criticism. We, we understand there's a lot of uh, room for us to continually improve. We do uh, appreciate our customers tremendously and we want to be there to show each of you our appreciation. I think that is going to to whet the appetite. I, I know people appreciate that opportunity to interact and to have that conversation. And you, you left a few nuggets there that are going to make some people curious, I think, about what they might be able to see at the, the ComC booth at this year's national. Thanks for coming on to the show, Tim, and, and sharing and being open and transparent and, and giving us some insight on the progress uh, that, that the company is making. Anything else that you'd like to share with the listeners before we go today? Uh, yeah, just uh, continue to watch what's happening at ComC. Uh, always, you're welcome to flip cards. That is something that we've innovated from day one. Uh, that's not affected by our, our slow shipping at the moment or some of our slow processing. So enjoy that. And then keep an eye out for some of our new promotions. And we look forward to really uh, setting kind of new expectations for ComC right around the time of the national through the end of the year, continually improving our services. And we look forward to providing an amazing experience for each of you. Well, thanks again, Tim. Mm -hmm. Thanks. The Sports Card Shop at MoCo is your small-town local shop with a global reach. Conveniently located in New Buffalo, Michigan, we're an easy drive for most residents in Michigan, Indiana, Illinois, and Ohio. Come see us every Tuesday through Saturday from 10 to 5 and Sundays from 12 to 5. Want to shop from the comfort of your home? Give us a call at 269 269- 
469-469-0140 or visit our website at the Sports Card Shop at moco.com or our Facebook page. Major credit cards and PayPal accepted and we ship anywhere in the world. We're an authorized dealer for both Panini and Tops with new sealed wax from both arriving weekly. And yes, we have PSA and SGC graded cards and over a quarter of a million singles in stock. Be sure to follow us and turn on notifications for posts to Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter so you don't miss out on new arrivals. The Goetcher family has been serving this community for over a decade. So stop by or visit us at the sports card shop at moco.com. Well, there you have it. Thanks to Tim for coming on and sharing a little bit about where the company is at in the progress towards the backlog and getting things back on track. Progress is being made, but as Tim said, there's still a lot of room to go, a lot of, of work to get done before they're back where they want to be. But I appreciate the update from Tim. Let me know what you think. Reach out at waxpackhero at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at TheMikeSummer and send me a message there. And hey, don't forget, there's still a couple days left to enter the two hockey drawings and the hockey giveaways that I, I talked about in the last episode. You have time by the end of the month to subscribe and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, as well as to enter the other one by following me on Twitter and retweeting the pinned tweet which announces the giveaway. Either one of those will get you an entry to the free hockey cards that I'm giving away thanks to Upper Deck. Well, that's all I've got for you today, so I'll catch you next time.